Hello, hello, Chelsea friends. Welcome to another edition of the Blue Coat Project podcast. I know when I say it, it sounds so much better than when Matt Ball says it. Blue Coat Project podcast. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. So we got a game to talk about today, but we're not just going to talk about the game. We're also just going to talk about Chelsea in general, uh, where we're at, where we've come from, where we're going, what and what we see. Because what we see, we see a lot of, and and, and Jared and I may have different perspectives on this, but uh, there certainly have been some changes lately and changes for the good. But I want to start off by saying that this fan base is having a difficult time reconciling with reality. And I liken this fan base to the fan base of Alabama football. Um. With the exception of 2009, where two of my best friends were on Kyle Whittingham's Utah Utes, who smashed Nick Saban and Alabama football in New Orleans in a, in a bowl game. Uh, other than that, Saban has really been the cream of the crop, and his regime with Alabama football and Roll Tide and Tuscaloosa have been it when it comes to college football. They didn't win every year, but it really seems like they did. You know, I think they've won six titles with, with Saban. Uh, in a span of maybe 15, 16, 17 years. Extremely impressive. They've been the vanguard, right? And up until recently, you know, even with the advent of the college football playoff, you know, top four teams, Alabama's always in there. They were in it this year. But the thing is, is that all of a sudden, the money changed, eligibility changed, and player power changed in the NCAA. Whereas now there's a transfer portal, and just like when coaches leave, you know, college football teams, players can now leave if they're feeling discontent with the situation that they're in, whether it's they're not getting playing time, they want to go to a better program, whatever. All right. And they're incentivized to do so with NIL. They get paid to do it. So now with all of this change in the money and the ability for Alabama to hold on to players, Alabama does not have all the cards. And this is the same thing with Chelsea. Okay, Chelsea the modus operandi was we can pay the most wages, we're a prestigious club that wins things, and we have enough money to buy whomever we want. Right? So we can buy trophies, we can buy success, all that stuff. Same thing with Alabama. Okay? Alabama, their selling point was that we get you to the NFL, right? and we win national championships. But now, with the portal and with NIL money, okay, there's been a level playing field. Okay, There's a lot more parity. Talent is more spread out. Talent is not just going to Georgia and Alabama. Okay, it's the same thing here in, in the Premier League. Talent is not just going to Chelsea. It's not just going to Man United and Man City and Liverpool. No, the talent is being spread across 10 or 12 teams just in England because teams have money, teams have influence. The TV deals are about to become even better. There's more commercial revenue. There's more popularity. The league is better than it's ever been. And with that comes parity. And with that comes this introduction of Chelsea fans realizing that just because we're Chelsea, it doesn't guarantee anything. And they are having a very difficult time with that. Because in the past, it's, oh, we're Chelsea. Fuck you. We win stuff. We get the best players. Uh, This is the standard, right? That's the word that everybody's starting to use now. Standard. This is the standard. I'm sorry. It's not that standards have changed. It's that circumstances have changed. My standards have not changed. I still want to win everything. I still expect Chelsea to compete and do well and buy great players and, and win trophies. It's not the standards that have changed. 
it's circumstances. Everybody has money. Everybody can offer. And everybody's now good in England. Even the bad teams are good. And you got a lot of fans being like, what the fuck is going on? Why isn't Chelsea in top four? What the fuck's going on? Why isn't Chelsea winning trophies? Why isn't Chelsea in Champions League? Uh, it's because the game has changed completely. And a lot of people are having a difficult time reconciling with that reality. Jared, what do you think? Well, as we discussed, I, I mean, that's a, a good, uh, I guess, good description of what's going on. But as far as our fan base, the better description of our fan base, and we've thought this about this before, is the South Park episode. Uh, and it's, a, I believe it's the episode, uh, I was remembering, that it, when the uh, people come back in time, and they take the jobs of the people in South Park and they walk around just mumbling and grumbling, going, they took our jobs. And so their solution to that issue was to get was to not have children. So the future people would go away. Yeah. Right. So they get into a, 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 a all male orgy to stop the future from happening. Interesting, yeah. Right. Yeah, I remember so, I've seen the episode. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. The self it's self-defeating, right? So let's not you know, let's say everything new is bad. Everything that is happening is not the same as it happened before. So let's it's gotta be rejected en masse because we we can't in any stretch of the imagination, give it a chance to succeed because, you know, it's not what we're used to and it's not something that I personally feel is good. So it must be shouted down with all our might because, you know, that's that's the best I got. Yeah. You know, shout, shout it down. or And by the if you want to draw a parallel, let's jump into the all male orgy so the future won't happen. This stuff is, you know, we could say uh, cutting off your nose to spite your face. It's just, it's not smart. And what we're starting to see is as some of the quality that's been on the team, namely uh, at left back with Ben Chilwell now coming back. Yeah. And I can't believe this guy still gets hate. <laughs> I, I cannot, I can't believe that. He's I mean, Jared, best- you and I have, you and I have been, on record for probably two and a half years now saying, I mean, this is one of the best in the world at his position. He's not the best, but he's, he's top three or four all, I mean, always. And the thing about it is that it's not just the defense, which he's a good defender is that he makes such interesting and challenging runs for the opposition. He provides so much intelligence and threat Every single time he has the ball because he's such a smart player. And it also helps that he is such a good athlete. Okay. Because you need both. You can't just be, you know, a skilled player and a good player and all that stuff. If you also want to be dynamic. No, he is such a good athlete too. So it's, it's, it's all of those things. It's all of those things. And he's been sorely missed because everyone was shitting on him saying, Oh, we need to buy a new left back. Oh, Oh, all that stuff, all that shitting on Chilwell, it seems to have gone away because it, you realize how fucking good this guy really is. Oh, absolutely. And I just want to interject real quick. It is 5-3. The reality. It's being, over. 
Shorty, Shorty, they gonna sack you in the morning. They gonna <laughs> sack you in the evening. You're toast, buddy. You're toast. Woo! <laughs> All right. Now back to so, the game. Yeah, sorry, I had to put that in there. Oh, no, 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 no. We're both watching the Barcelona game. Oh, Arjal just threw his fucking jersey. Ah! <laughs> what a jabroni. What a jabroni. Oh, I love it. Yes. Yeah. All right. So, a- I mean, really, but, yeah, I mean, things like Ben Chilwell, things like Nkunku finally coming back, things like Cole Palmer just exploding and finding his voice with his feet and his skill and his – his intelligence. I mean, there are good things starting to happen at Chelsea, man. Just sassy having an unbelievable month, right? We're going to get Gusto back. Uh, it looks like we already bought Victor Oshman. Things are coming together. And uh, the results are really, really, really improving. And so is the football. And I know that it's not immediately what everybody wants. I know that we're not in first place. But we're going to be in two domestic cup finals. We're already in care about cup final and i think we're going to be in the fa cup final too if we keep going so that is a good bounce back from last year which was a horrible season and i still think we'll finish fifth so this is this is an unbelievable rebound from the previous season and i feel as though it's not just that the fans and the naive fans don't understand what's going on they also just don't like this coach well i I don't know about you could say I'm sure there's a segment that yes or or are the coach and then there's a segment of anything the ownership does yeah it doesn't matter oh because they're because they're American yeah yeah right, a lot of, right, lot of British yeah. people don't like Americans which is fine they lost the war to us so I get it uh you know the, your little tax shelter you couldn't use anymore even though you probably didn't give a shit about the colonies to begin with but no 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 I get it you guys don't like Americans that's fine but that's no reason. To not root for an ownership group that is seriously investing in your future happiness with all these good players. Because these are going to be good players. Whether they're good right now or they're going to be good in six months, they're all going to be good. Yeah, And and while I like certain players and dislike certain players, I realize that nobody pays me money for my opinion, i.e. I don't work for any of these clubs. Yeah. So obviously... My opinion is not worth the money that these these people make. So that's as far as I go with it. It's my opinion. It's not yeah. I said it, so it must be fact. That's not me. Okay, people people know me. I, I might be stubborn on some things, but look, I, I, the 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 uh, metrics by which we judge players and, and position actually positional wise from what was and what is now fullbacks are judged what they do going forward more than in defense so when we say Chilwell it's one of the best fullbacks it's what he does going forward that's how he is judged mm-hmm. in today's uh in today you know by today's metrics it's not maybe what, what it was in the past so yeah but he also happens to be a good defender he yeah, I I mean, I think he, yes, he can be. I think that sometimes because of the forward progress he makes or the runs he makes. Yeah. Oh, it's, it a, puts ga- him, it's a gamble, Jared. Yeah, yeah, it puts him out of position. And th- those things, and as a team, when, when you saw us 
against Middlesbrough. Yes, Middlesbrough. Okay. But if you have one of those sixes cover for him, if they're in tune and they're communicating, hey, I'm forward, make sure you cover. Right. That's that that takes care of that. What was happening? What was happening before is because we haven't played so many games together and maybe the player that's in that position doesn't understand the communication because that's not their position. They're being put there because of injury or whatever. That doesn't happen. So you could see with Chilwell, he was you, know, you always had Enzo or Caicedo going over and covering for him or one of them dropping down and having the the uh, that side center back come over and cover. Right. It's just about communication and it takes time yeah. to come together to understand, hey, this is how I play. This is how you play. Plus, also the quality that has been injured. I'm sorry, but Batty Ashiel is a very, very good center back. In my estimation, last year he was our best center back. Mm-hmm. Uh, t- uh, just just on, a, on, on what he does and what he brings. I'm going to remove Silva from this conversation. He is 39 years old, and I don't believe that it was meant to be used this often this year. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to remove him from this because he's already at 39 outplaying what a 39-year-old should be doing. Uh, yeah. So, and then for me, it's the Sassi is getting better and better and better. Yeah. I saw some Antonio Rudiger in there, and we have to have a dog in defense. You've got to have that JYD yeah. is what I used to say. I know if uh, you, you, you didn't grow up in the 80s and, and watch WWF, you know, you have to put the F in there with – with uh, JYD, you got to have that. You got to have attitude. And yeah. he, I think that he brings some of that attitude. And you have to have some of that character from some position group. And if it's going to be defenders, being that those guys are the biggest guys on the pitch usually, great. But uh, I don't know. For me, if I look at our pivot, who are you? Who do you want in in a foxhole with you? If you if you're, or in a street fight. Caicedo and Enzo or Jorginho and Kovacic? Uh, as far as we're going to fight. Ooh, <laughs> I, I, I'd probably say Kova. I mean, he's Croatian, or, right? Or is he? Yeah, he's, he's Croatian, I believe. Yeah, but uh, uh, as a pairing? Yeah, I really like what Caicedo and Enzo are doing. But yeah. let, let's, let's bring a little... Um, uh, let, let's bring a little more context to this. So, yeah, I mean, talking about Jurgen Klopp's legacy. <laughs> Just kidding. He's a dickhead. We'll never talk about Jurgen Klopp. He could kick rocks. He's awful. One of the worst people in football. And everybody's kissing his ass, including Chelsea fans. I want to talk about this Villa game. The good, the bad, and the confusing. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, KJ just sent me a voice message. What did he say? Um... He said he's getting his carrot wet. All right. Um, yeah. So looking at the lineup, we went with a different midfield. Because, yes. of course, we did. And it was really detrimental to us. Because I look at the back and I say, okay, he doesn't want to start Ben. He probably played Ben too much against Middlesbrough. Got it. Okay. He's going to go with Colwell. Colwell gets injured. They go with Batty Shield left back, who wasn't bad at all, but Batty Shield's a great athlete. Again, athlete as well as a good footballer. 
those are that's a great combination. So he was fine left back, right back went with uh, Gilchrist too. Jared, I, I will say, really comfortable. I thought Alvi was really comfortable back there. And then I believe it was what uh, DeSassi, Silva, Caicedo, Enzo, Gallagher, ugh, uh, Palmer, um, and then we went with I believe it was Noni and Sterling, right? Correct. Yeah. So the good about all that, because the setup is okay. That's a 4-2-3-1 with a false nine. Palmer, Palmer can play any position he wants. He's always going to be good. He's always going to create, not just for others, but also for himself. And, I mean, he was just, he was again, some of the first touches he had on long balls in the first half were just unbelievable, things that other players can't do. And even if he misses chances, I don't care, because he also creates chances for himself by stealing the ball in the final third, by uh, just being relentless and pressing when people said he can't press. Of course he can. Best player on the team currently, uh, so I'm I'm not I'm just never going to criticize Palmer. He's he is beyond reproach and unassailable in my books. So I I was good with that. What I wasn't good with was Connor Gallagher coming in when he didn't deserve to play after the Middlesbrough game. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I I think me and you are both from the same page. Connor Gallagher should not see the pitch, and. With with that said, I liked the, the the way they were trying to use the interchange between the false nine and the ten. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I can imagine having uh, a young man by the name of Cassidy in that position instead. You understand what I'm saying there? So if you had Cassidy doing making those runs, there would have been finishes. Because he's more like a uh, was it trequista they they called it back in the day. Uh, Trequista, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah it's Italian. Where it just you know the guy that uh, is playmaker plays like Tati and, and Zidane and those guys. Right. And so when you put somebody that actually has that capability that is just not running around. Uh, when they get in the position to make a play, can actually make the play. So Connor Gallagher does everything right up until the moment he has to do something that 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 involves technique or football IQ. Okay, all the rest of it, yes. He's athletic. He's physical. He's got stamina. He's got pace. He's got above average pace for what he really is his mate. So that you can praise him, but he doesn't have that finishing edge, the technical uh, qualities and the footballing IQ that says this is where the ball needs to go on the cross. Do I have the vision? Do I look up before I make a pass? Do I scan the area? No, I don't. That is why he's good enough to play at a Tottenham or a West Ham yeah. Or somebody down the table, but he is not good enough. If you're talking about standards, if that's the word, he's not Chelsea standards. Yeah, Let's I mean, be you, real. You, you look at like the half space runs he would make diagonally away from the goal. And those are those are like runs that he was instructed to make. And those can be good runs, right? Because when he does that, Palmer curls out, right? And then one of the other midfielders and then a wing on the backside, they raid the box for a cross. Right. So that's a that's a sequence. That's a pattern play. Right. Conagher, Connor, Connor Gallagher, Conagher, uh, Connor, uh, <laughs> there you go. Uh, Connor, he, he makes that diagonal run 
to the right side, half space between the outside back and center back. He receives it, corner of the box, right? He's got Enzo coming in, Palmer drifting out to come back in. You got a backside run from Sterling. Maybe you even have a left back coming in, right? So that's, that is a pattern play. The problem with Connor is that a lot of those crosses were to the goalkeeper. Now, I know that Emmy Martinez is always going to cheat. He's always going to come off his line early for those balls because people don't often pick their head up right before they cross and realize that the goalkeeper's off his line and they can actually beat him near post. So Connor kept playing these balls and they kept getting intercepted by the goalkeeper. And I'm like, dude, I used, I used to remember telling my players this. When you cross, always away from the goalkeeper. And I would say it in such an exaggerated tone because I remember this on the side. I'm like, Raul, away from the goalkeeper. I would always say that. And they would always do it because the balls would either be on the ground or back post or curling towards the um, penalty spot, right? But Connor kept playing it to the goalie. Mm-hmm. And that just ruins the pattern right there. And that is the fact that he is just technically not there. He is just simply a not a good enough footballer to be playing the position where you have to be the most technical footballer on the team. To play attacking mid, you have to be the most skilled player on the team, the most creative, the best touch, the best passer. You have to be probably the best player on the team. The Zidane, okay? The Toddy. You have to be that the Kevin De Bruyne, for fuck's sake. You have to be the best player on the team. And Connor is just simply not. And that's the problem. Um, so that was the bad. I would say some of the good, and you, you, you know, interject if you will. I thought Alfie Gilchrist looked great. I'm not going to be hyperbolic just because he's young and I thought that he was – no, I thought he was great. Wasn't, there wasn't a mistake made by him at all, actually, defensively or on the ball. The other thing I liked about it is even when he got the ball and when he was being pressed, he was still patient. Like Even like a little touch maybe back inside – uh, the Villa guys that were pressing would jump and he would like cleverly remove maneuver himself away from pressure and he would do it without looking like he was nervous and, or looking like he was stressed out. It was a, a lot of just naturalism to him, you know, evading press. And, and I like that about him he, going forward. He was good. Passing was good. Spatial awareness. He was good. The angles at which he wanted to receive passes, really good, never dangerous, you know, if you get too high up the field, um, that's a risky ball because you can get it intercepted. He, so he was good with that. Um, and then I thought Petrovic, pride of the MLS, was fucking minerals, absolute minerals, just great. And uh, Sanchez, I think, has lost his position, which sucks as I like Sanchez. But there's no, there's no stressful moments with Petrovic in possession, and he's a fundamentally sound goalkeeper. In every yeah. there's not there's no flaws with him. He's not the most flashy keeper. I don't want flash. I want someone that's fundamentally sound. And yeah. for me, those are the two goods. That and then the two uh, defensive midfielders were really good as well. Yeah. Um, so let me uh, kind of uh, go into those a little bit. The, the first sure. thing you can you understand with a keeper when they're actually comfortable, they they're very vocal. Right. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That comes was, last, by the way. It does yeah, come last. That that's the last thing you you get uh, when when keeper knows he he's comfortable. He's got he's got his confidence. And look for every whatever whatever you want to say about the keeping position, it is a confidence position. 
You 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 have your ups and your downs, just like anything else. And if your confidence is high, you're playing within yourself. Plus, he has the talent to boot. He's a very very long keeper. He 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 uh, anticipates well. He positions himself well. All those fundamentals that we're talking about. Keep keeping it a fundamental position. You have to be in the right place to cut angles, because the dirty little secret in football or soccer, if you if you want to call it by the Western Hemisphere, mm-hmm. uh, is that a good offensive play will always beat a keeper. A, a good shot, a well placed shot, is going to beat a keeper. All you can do is minimize those chances. Yeah. Right. And if you're doing that, that's all that that can that uh, can be asked of you. He did make one terrific save to keep us in. Oh, uh, right side. Shot. Right side. Yeah, the right yeah, side. Yeah, the cash shot. Um, that if that is Keppa or Mindy, that's a goal. I'm sorry to tell yeah, you. Yeah, KJ, what do you think? You think that's a goal with our other keepers? Oh, 100 percent. I've never seen any one of our keepers make dives like that. Maybe outside of Courtois. Yeah. But- but come on, I've never seen a Chelsea keeper, and this at least new setup do what Petrovic did. Especially yeah. close range as well. I mean, he's so new, right? And coming from a league that, I mean, objectively he's inferior, even though I'm a huge RSL fan. And I like the MLS. It's, fun. it's really fun. The fans are awesome. But it, it's an inferior league. And for him to step in, and I do believe steal Robert Sanchez's job, whom I like, uh, Petrovic has just been... Again, fundamentally sound, plus he has the eye for extraordinary when it comes to making saves like that. That Cash shot, by the way, Matty Cash, good player, was fucking gassed that whole game. But his shot was was going in. That was a bona fide save, KJ, a bona fide save. There was a set-piece moment where um, Tiedemann's got on the end of it. And, I mean, that should have been a goal, but Petrovic had, Petrovic had the wearable to stand his position and just knock it over the post, mm-hmm. which, I mean, that tells you everything you need to know. He does everything a keeper should do, which is the basics. You don't need to account for the space that defenders aren't covering. Just stand your ground, make yourself big, and be in positions where you need to be, which is the problem I have with Sanchez, which is why... Uh, unfortunately, I don't like him because he takes the extra step to make a risk that's unnecessary. Whereas Petrovic does what any keeper should do in his position. Just do the basics. Make yourself big in front of goal. Stand your ground. You don't need to do the theatrical. But when you do need to do it, he does it so freaking well. Yeah, I, I hate to be so uh, derivative, but I, I feel as though sometimes Sanchez gets bored. Because he is a talented player. And Sanchez is a really good shot stopper. But I feel as though, like, like like a drug addict or someone that's self-destructive, you, you need a little bit extra in the moment. Like, there needs to be a little flavor to it um, in order for you to, 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 to really feel something. And I just feel as though Sanchez is almost addicted to making it a little bit more dicey. He waits a little too long when he has the ball. Yeah, he's he's uh, he makes questionable decisions, things that he doesn't have to do, because if, if he was more reserved and conservative um, and thoughtful the way the Petrovic is, Sanchez would still be the goalkeeper when he comes back. Right. Because his his there are attributes that Sanchez has that Petrovic does not. But I just feel as though this guy gets a little bored and 
kind of searches for problematic situations. But what's the two? What's the difference between the two keepers? The biggest difference between the two keepers is that one came off in off success, and one came in off failure. Hmm. So one is trying too hard to prove that no, that was just a blip. So when you try it's too hard, you, you tend to overdo things or make things more complicated than they actually have to be. So I think, it, again, we talk about the, 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 the physicality, the physicality of the game, the athleticism. These all these guys are pretty close. I mean, within, you know, probably fractions of percentages of them of each other as far as athletes. It's what's upstairs that that really separates the the great from the you know the average player. So when you're talking about you not right upstairs, you tend to do things that you shouldn't do, and uh, then you fall into bad habits because you're trying to press too hard, and you can end up uh, in in the in the championship or or fall yeah. to lower leagues because you just re- never regain that confidence because. You keep trying to push for something that you didn't need to. Do you know? Do you think? Sorry. Um, oh no, no, please. You, you, you just came in. Go, go ahead, bro. All you. Do, do you think the Premier League is built for ball playing keepers? Because we've seen the exact same thing with Onana, and exactly what you said, coming off from success, trying to prove himself in the biggest club in the world, arguably, and falling to the exact same scrutiny. Is the Premier League built for? keepers that are confident playing with the ball to their feet well i think onana's onana's biggest problem was i I watched a lot of i watched him when he was ajax yeah is he does dumb stuff too often he just stuff that you would just go what what are you doing why are you doing that that's not how you were taught to be a keeper because he does things that are you know he's not positioned correctly at times he he tries, and then when he plays out of the back, sometimes when he when the the correct pass is the easy pass, he tries to make it overcomplicated because he's trying to prove maybe that hey I do belong here because of the scrutiny. Again, when you are supposed to be the heir apparent to De Gea, who for whatever anybody wants to say was a damn good really keeper good. for a damn long time. Mm, really good. And you're you're you've now got to prove yourself. You know you're not everybody's favorite. Hey, I got to prove myself. So one thing again, he's not the tallest keeper in the world. I I, I would venture to say he's not much taller than Kepa if you put him back to back. Yeah. Um. Mm. So I'm sorry, but in this day and age, you better have a big keeper because. It just back in the day they had smaller keepers. I, I can remember uh, Campo was it Campos out of Mexico played for Mexico. Come on, come on, Carlito, <laughs> help me out here. In the eighties yeah, and nineties, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, they had uh, smaller keepers, but nowadays you, the bigger because bigger keepers are athletic enough where they can do. Yeah. Everything the smaller keepers can do. So why would you give up the advantage, physical advantage of height and length, right? Yeah. 
How many how many goals did Keppa let in that you, that that everybody said, hey, if he was a little bit taller, a little bit longer arms, he would have stopped that. Well, that's the same thing. Always going to play Gonana because hey, you, he's not going to get any bigger. He's not going to get any taller. Yeah, he's, so he's, he's got those Gator arms like Keppa. But here's the other reason why I like Sanchez. Sanchez is the biggest keeper probably in in top flight football. Um, he's six six. Really. Yeah, he's he's really big. Uh, he's he's exceptional in the air. I just wish that Sanchez did not search for the high of getting pressed by a striker and instead just played it a little earlier. If he played it a little earlier, he would avoid a lot of mistakes. Because, again, I think this is a, an unbelievable shot stopper. Some of the shot stops, that some of the stops that Sanchez has made this season have been incredible. Like, nothing short of incredible. Saves that Onana would never make. But... It's just that Sanchez is not trusted because with his feet, he waits too long. And that is something that I hope that he learns from because talent-wise, I think he's better than Petrovic. But Petrovic has just been steady. He has been trustworthy because he has not taunted the other team. And I don't want to get bogged up on keeper talk, but... Um, I mean, we're, we are talking about the good, the bad, and the confusing for the Villa game. And I had mentioned to Jared, uh, KJ, about Alfred Gilchrist. And, you know, I know that you're famous for saying I don't love Wonder Kids. I don't do Wonder Kids. I thought Gilchrist was good. Yeah, I thought he was great. Listen, one thing I will uh, give respect is to players that at least know what they're doing when they come on. Yeah. Take Gallagher, for example. Terrible. Terrible. You know he's Terrible. Proves us right every time. Wonder, supposedly wonder kid as well. So I can't give him his flowers, but Gilchrist, come on. That is raw talent. I think I said it last time. That's someone that's born with it. You can see he knows what to do all the time. You know when you see a player that listens to exactly what the coach wants you to do? That's him in a nutshell. Such a great player. Such a young player as well. So yeah, but, yeah, but KJ, the players that listen to the coach don't get in trouble on the pitch. They don't put themselves in situations that they're not prepared for. I mean, sometimes it happens, but for the most part, Gilchrist was solid because he was just doing his job. And, and that's what I'm saying. Didn't he come from football, though? His dad was a football player? His I mean, this, grandfather? This guy is just, he's just, but that's yeah. the naturalism KJ was telling, that was telling uh, Jared about. He just <clears> looks <throat> natural. And I don't, I, don't think, I don't think he's a right back, but he's a defender. And if you could play center back, you could play right back. I know that they're different positions, but not really. You're still defending. Uh, he's still the, the back line, but I just, I just, it just felt natural in a way. It didn't the first leg, I believe, against Boro, um, or maybe no, maybe it was Preston North End. Yeah, it was Preston North End. He looked much better against a better team, Aston Villa, and I was, I was, I was very proud of him for that, actually. Yeah. yeah uh, sorry, sorry, Jerry, you can go. No, my only thing with him is, what is he? Is he? He's uh, not, I don't he's know gonna, he's not going to be big enough for center back. Doesn't look like. Uh, doesn't look like he has the athlete, uh, the the quicks to play as a fullback. I think he's a sub, Jared. I just think he's a sub. Okay, but well, I, I I don't hate to, you know, I don't like putting. Uh, no, the, there, there box, are there but, are players you bring on with ten minutes left just to see out a game. You know he's not going to get forward. Right, and and it's, that's the best right thing. And, and that's that's the best thing he did was play within himself. He didn't try to do too much. That's the best yeah. thing I could say about him. He did what he was supposed to do. He did the fundamentals exactly. well, and that's all I wanted. 
Yeah. Right. Better, because he, better than he did against Preston. Cause I didn't think he had a good game against Preston, but I just felt as though like, like you just said, he knew his limitations. And if you know your limitations, you can exploit the positive aspects of your game. Oh, absolutely. And, and that's, again, that's the best thing a youngster can do to impress a coach and get more minutes is to do the fundamentals well and not play. You know, don't, don't do too much. Never do too much. So, KJ, KJ, what did you say? That, what did you think was was good about the game? I mean, and just just in general, because we've had a, a run of games where we're not really losing. We're 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 either winning and sometimes tying. But I mean, even Craig Burley, end of the game, he's like, yeah, Chelsea actually played really well. And I, and I thought that there were stretches where we did. But what did you see was good? I mean, players, anything in particular? Observations. The the world is your oyster. Go ahead, buddy. I think the biggest observation I made, and it's something we've struggled with, is playing against uh, low block teams. We can't seem to break them down, but I think we've done a better job at putting them on the back foot and creating opportunities. Um, and I think, I mean, no, I think I know it's the influence from, um, I was about to say Gallagher, hell no, <laughs> from Palmer. Um, I think when you have solid leadership up front, it gives you the confidence to push forward. And because we struggled for so long to break down a low block, I'm just glad to see that we, were, we, we put them on the back foot and Aston Villa do play in a low block, but we put them on the back foot and we created chances out of it. Dude, is, how, how, yeah, but how weird is this? They play a low block and a high line. Like they're I like know, ultra right? condensed. It's the strangest thing. Like they're defensive and they leave space in behind. I was like, Unai Emery, are you playing an offsides trap? What What are you doing? Like, they, 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 they played within a 20-yard depth. It was just I think strange. it's a credit to their fitness, man. Because <laughs> for the simple strange. fact that they can drop so low, get so high super fast, and All drop right. back again is incredible. I think um, no, he's not a, used to do the same thing. An idiot. He's a very good man. He's a very good manager. I was just like, I was like, you're playing a defensive line plus a high line. I'm like, wow. You are really condensed. <laughs> it's crazy. But I mean, credit to us, man. Credit to Chelsea. We exploited spaces, which is something I yeah. haven't seen us do for so long. And now we're actually doing it and creating chances out of it. Uh, so the Palmer thing, like, Chelsea plays long balls very well. Like, especially diagonal long balls. Chelsea's really good at that. And they've been good at that for a while. Back in the Rudiger days, Andreas Christensen days as well, right? Like, we've always had players that could just play that pass. But with Palmer, like you saw some of those first touches he made on long ball bringdowns, just unbelievable. And his influence, whether it's wing, whether it's attacking mid, whether it's center mid, whether it's striker, it's 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 something that no one in world football expected, KJ. But he just seems to have it. Maybe it's that you know that West Indies in him, right? That uh, what is it? Is it <laughs> Kenneth? Can, can 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 <laughs> yeah, 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 man. He's just he's got something else. Because he's different, right? Because he's English, but he's also got heritage from a place that's nowhere near England. Maybe he just has something else, KJ. Yeah, um, I don't know if you saw his first um, half stats, but that alone should tell you everything. I mean, 100% of the long balls he took completed, 91 pass accuracy, 20 touches. He, um, I think he completed all his ground passes, ground duels. Literally, like, he is someone that you can rely on, which is something that was sorely missed. I don't even mind him playing up front, him playing up front for the rest of the season. No, no, he's good. He's good. He's a really good player. Like, but how about this? 
I mean, him in and Cuckoo. You just you just play Palmer and him together. One plays attacking mid, the other plays striker, which is what they were trying to do yesterday with with Gallagher and Palmer, right? Just putting Cuckoo in there instead. Yeah, man, that Nkunku one. Um, I I feel I feel for the fact that he's missing out on so much right now because currently we're seeing the team develop in a level yeah. that Nkunku's yeah. missing. So I'm very worried for when he comes back if we can get him up to speed. I think it's gonna I think it's gonna be a struggle for him when we reintroduce him back into the squad again. You know, these are like these are the moments these these three four five week stretches where a team improves where one of your best players really needs to be involved in the improvement. Because yeah. if he's not, even if he is one of the best players on the team, he will feel like he's missing a couple pages of his script. Yeah, literally. Uh, we've seen that so many times with uh, players, world-class players that we try to reintroduce back into the squad. And because of our dumb fan base, I already know, I can see the headlines, I can see the articles. People aren't going to rate him simply because he's just missing out on crucial games exactly like this. Yeah, I mean, I almost equate it to like when <laughs> kids were trapped doing work from home uh, instead of going to school, right? Like you're missing out on crucial experiences. Now, I know that it's, it's, it's not a false equivalency, but it is a little bit of a stretch. But it's, if, if you look at it from that context, you look at it from this context and say that this is actually a crucial experience and time for this team. And Nkunku is on the outside looking in while everyone else is developing. And you're feeling like there is a little bit of stunt in the growth and development of him with regards to this team. And it's it's kind of a shame, but it's not too late because as we continue to grow, he can get ingratiated back into it. But I just I don't want him to be that six-year-old that missed out on kindergarten and had to spend it at his parents' yeah. house instead of actually being at school with his friends like it was during COVID. Like, I don't want him to have to sit on the fucking injury table instead of experiencing us really turning the season around. It's the same thing. Well, I, <clears throat> the other, actually, what we missed yesterday, and, and for me, the positive I'll take out of yesterday's game was we outplayed the fourth best team in the Premier League who yep. had pretty much their full squad when we had we and we didn't and so, 12 days rest they had 12 days rest and 12 yeah, and we were on half. short rest so uh for, you can take you can take that to the bank all day long and people say well they're not really the fourth best team well they are this year oh they certainly do, are this year jared yeah i mean you might yeah again you are what you are because you that's the position you're in okay you can't say, well, in real life, well, in real life, that's what they are because they're four. So mm-hmm. they had they had everything in their favor to come in and beat us today, uh, yesterday, and we dominated them. And, you know, bar a couple moment, moments where we we missed some some quality or, you know, we just didn't have it that in those moments, um, we would have won that game fairly easily. Yeah. And if we yep. if we would have put. If we would have put two of those in the first half uh, and been up two nil at the halftime, everybody would be the, the headlines would have been, "Uh oh, Chelsea's back." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, but, so what are we really talking about here, Jared? Jared, but dude, those those misses that Palmer missed, those were chances he created by himself. His teammates did not create those chances for him. He literally right. just stole the ball from the other team because right. he's he's six two and he's basically all legs. 
So he, he wins the ball like incredibly well. Like he intercepts passes better than anybody else on this team because he's just he's got an awkward body and he uses it to his advantage. So right. So it's but but okay. Yeah, continue. But like. Yeah, we should have been up 2-0, and he fucking knows that. He he knew it against Middlesbrough. That's why he scored two goals in the second leg of Middlesbrough. I'm, I'm sure he's going to bounce back against Villa and score the game winner because this is what he does. He doesn't he doesn't get overwhelmed with sorrow because he fucked up a chance. He's like, eh, all right, I'll fix it. Yeah, definitely so. And then you got to have that short memory to be great yeah. because you can, you can go through any any – any player in the history of football, you can go back or any sport and as great as they might be, you could call them the goat, whatever. You could find games that they were lacking and had a chance to do something and didn't do it because they're human, right? We're not talking about robots. So I, I again, I'm not mad because we outplayed the fourth best team at almost their full strength when we worked. Now for me, the, the trifecta I'm looking for this year is Nkunku, Palmer, and Nick Jackson. Oh, that's me too. Me too. Because uh, those three players can switch positions fluidly. So when one, if one moves out, one can come in. And it's just about who are you going to play with them in what position, right? Because the, for, I, for me, those three. Those three, because you cannot say, okay, I've got, uh, I've got Jackson or I got Nkunku, unless you're going to follow them all over the pitch because they're going to be interchanging and moving, dropping deep. One might be making runs when, when the last time they were dropping deep, and you're just not going to know. And I think Pot showed you some of that in that game, and that's also why I think that we're going to keep Cassidy. And I believe Andre Santos is not leaving either, mm-hmm. which means there's a good chance that they're working for Gallagher and Broya. Yeah. KJ, KJ I, want, I want to throw something at you um, because this is one of the topics that we wanted to talk about on our agenda for today is the front three. Um, I'm a huge fan of Nick Jackson as, as a player, right? I know that he's made mistakes, but he's new to the Premier League. I think he was at Villarreal last year, had a great spring. But there are things about Nick Jackson that other players simply don't have. And that is that someone that is that big is also that good at dribbling, that fast, and that hard to stop when he turns. What I don't think his best position is, is striker. I want to throw something at you. I think Nick Jackson's best position is left wing. And I think that if you if you if you surround him and say something along the lines of like maybe Jackson, Victor Osherman, who I believe has already signed for Chelsea, we just won't announce it until June. I do believe that we have already signed Oshman. It just won't be announced for a long time. If you had Jackson, Oshman, maybe Nkunku or Michael Elise and then Palmer attacking mid, I mean that that's the front three plus one is what I would be looking at. Even if it's even if it's Jackson coming off the bench, right? And it's, and it's in Kunku, Michael Lise, Oshman, Palmer, or something along, or something of that variance, right? Variation. Um, I like Jackson as a wing because he is devastating once he gets going. 
and he's a lot bigger than Nkunku and Sterling. He, he doesn't get shrugged off the ball. He's so imposing. And at times, he's damn near fucking unstoppable when he gets going. Now, this is not unlike when Mbappe gets dribbling or when, like, he fucking Jackson is a powerful player. I just think he's better served if he's facing his defender one-on-one. So you mentioned um, him maybe coming off the bench, going into the wing. Sure. Who would you rather come off the bench, though? Would you rather have Mudrik or would you rather have him come off going on to the left? Oh, I don't care if it's righty-lefty. I don't care. I don't care about righty-lefty. Either one. I, right. I'm cool okay. with both of them coming off the bench. All right, cool. So it, I think it just goes back to who do you find is better suited on the left? I could make the argument that I argument that I think Mudawake is better uh, than Jackson on the wing. That's just my opinion because of how quick he is when he cuts in and creates opportunities for us. Whereas the thing I hate about Jackson is how long it takes him to create an opportunity for someone else. He can create opportunities for himself. All day. All day, like right? Fact. <laughs> all day, all day. And he's brilliant at that. I think it's something you need. But in terms of service for others, I think that's where he lacks, which is why I don't know if I can put him as a winger helping out the striker. Yeah, but can't you teach that, KJ? You can't teach some of the I'm stuff sure. that he has. Like, Matawake beating a player and just overpowering a player, overwhelming a defender, he is not Jackson. Jackson, like, Jackson is way better carrying the ball forward than Matawake, in my opinion, because he's more powerful. He's more imposing. Defenders are more scared of him. But you're talking about you're talking about setup man, creator, guy that will cross the ball. Yeah, Jackson takes like five seconds too long. It's crazy. Like he's he is a selfish player. But you can coach sure. that out of him. You can coach that out of him. Can you not? Sure. I think I, I think I think you could. I think you could. I think my only worry is if you're gonna take time coaching it into him when you have players that can already do it more effectively. Like how does that affect the dynamic of the team? But personally, I would have him because he has something that most strikers don't have, and that's just the instincts to get in front of goal. Um, he's he he always every time he's in front of goal, he always reminds me of Eto because he's such a poacher of the ball. Such a good, such a good comp, such a good comp. Literally, literally. So for me, I I wouldn't even mind that. I'd I'd actually prefer that if we could have all front three being as selfish and being in front of goals. I'd take that all day long, um, because that's what we need to start doing, delivering goals, which we are doing at the moment. Um, but yeah, I think I'm just, I'm just a big believer of also having someone on the wings that will support your striker, but you're right. You can't coach that into someone it just depends on how much time it takes. <laughs> yeah, but do you remember, do you remember first game in the season, right? Liverpool, Jackson should score like five fucking goals, right? But there was this moment he receives the ball. I believe it's behind the midfield line and him and Mudrick just start running. Yeah. And Jackson just starts dribbling with the ball and you got VVD. And I believe it was uh, – who was it? Was it Matip? And these guys, he split them, and he just keeps running, and they're no longer trying to defend him. They're just chasing him. And he keeps going, and the announcer's like, holy shit, what is, what is happening here? Who is this guy? Who is this guy? And he just yeah. keeps fucking going. And it looked like Ronaldo in Barcelona in 1998. And I'm like, my God. This guy's got something, this type of power that other players don't have. Certainly no players on this team. And it's because he's an excellent dribbler. 
He's an excellent dribbler, and he uses every attribute that he has athletically to do it. But, yeah, he's selfish. <laughs> but that I think you can coach that out of him, man. I don't think you can coach what he has into other players. There, there's no fucking way. I got some breaking news here. Yeah. Um, that 80 million pound keeper that everybody wanted this summer just got beat six hole at his near post. Who? Just wanted what? Mike Manuel. Oh, I never rated what? him. I never rated him. Well, <laughs> a lot of people in our fan base did. Just, oh, just yeah, yeah, really yeah, did. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, well, they yeah. rated a lot of players, and we went to the MLS and got, got I got a guy for twelve million. <laughs> what are we talking about here? Oh yeah, but, oh yeah, but our, our our talent ID, right? That's the other that's the other uh, this is the other buzzword for our Chelsea vernacular talent ID. Yeah, 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 yeah. Our talent ID sucks. Yeah, yeah. Tassie, yeah, he sucks. Yeah, Petrovic sucks. Yeah, let me tell you, bro. Cole Palmer. Oh yeah, talent ID. We suck at talent ID. Cole Palmer's the best player on this fucking team. We get out of here, bro. Um, so KJ, what's what's the, what's the end game here with this with this front three, bro? Uh, the end game is getting a front three that can not just support each other but can score goals because that's what we're lacking at the moment. We need to score a consistent amount of goals in each game. We can't rely on the fact that we score one goal and sit back. So whatever front three we do get, they need to be powerful, they need to be dynamic, and they need to make sure that they can exploit the spaces easy enough for whoever is supporting them to at least get the ball to them and they can score and do the job. So if you're talking about uh, power and strength, then yeah. I think the way to really go is really just getting Oshiman over the line, man. So if you want someone that's well, nasty like that. I, I want to I send this to you. Sasha Tavolieri um, is reporting th- 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 that Oshiman has chosen Chelsea, which I, I think is the, the worst kept secret in football. I mean, it's, when he does an interview three days ago saying, yeah, I mean, I've already chosen my next club this summer. And uh, now you have ADL De Laurentiis of Napoli who doesn't bow to anyone is all of a sudden like conceding defeat saying, yeah, I mean, if this was last summer, it would have been a different story. Oshman would have done this and that we, he would have signed the contract, but he didn't. So now I guess he's going, I mean, this is the worst kept secret in football, but it, it does seem to me KJ that, that we're going to sign this guy and the fact that he fucking loves Drogba and he loves Chelsea. I mean, this, this is the guy that we've been searching for since 2012. And then again in 2014 when Drogba came back, but this is the guy, right? This is, this is, this is the African striker with, with, with the deep Chelsea roots that we've always wanted. Yeah. I, I think I think I mean I hope he is a guy, man. I'm not gonna say anything until I see his first five games. Oh no no no, he has but to play. Hope. But what I'm saying is like on paper, this is what on we're paper looking. yeah it works. Yeah, on paper it works. I think it it blends well with the squad as well. And what I love about him is he is a big presence and he's someone that it's it's not hard to find him because of how dynamic he is up front. So if if all things work out, I do see us being the attacking threat we were supposed to be or are meant to be, especially with the players we have that will play alongside him. Yeah. I just, I mean, Chelsea has such deep roots in the continent of Africa. I mean, it's, it's one of the first places I want to look for players just because, because we signed such great African players in the past, you, there's such a legacy of this club 
in that space that they always you always find fans of Chelsea in these group of incredibly of talented players, right? Like it's like I think you find them more than anywhere else. It's such a strong of fan course. base, and so you, you you build these players, and they come from this culture of Didier Drogba, fucking John Obi Michael, right? These guys, these legends. I mean, even Eto, by the way, even Eto played here, man. Like like it's 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 um. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of the first places I'll always look, just because there's there's a cultural legacy there in Africa with Chelsea, and I, I just I think this is perfect for me. So, but yeah, hey, but hey, oh, he I, has I got score. a question. This, he has to score this. though, KJ. He has to score. So I got a question because this can't be real because I was told that Drogba cannot recognize his club anymore, so there's no way he talked a fellow countryman and coming to the club he can't recognize anymore. Dude, that was it was a soundbite from last spring when Lampard was a manager and we were losing like 4-0 to Man United and nobody was trying. Because guess oh. what? You couldn't recognize it either. I couldn't recognize it. KJ couldn't recognize it. Nobody was trying. Mason so Mount, heart of the heart of the club, wasn't trying. Nobody was trying. So it wasn't talking about the owners. No, he was talking about oh. the players. I just wanted to clear that up because uh, apparently some people believe that that was about the oh. Manion, you were outside the box. <laughs> What'd you just do it? Sorry, I'm watching the game too. Yeah, 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 that's nice. But um, yeah, I mean, and I'm with you, Jared, and I'm with you guys both. I so okay, KJ, play manager for me for just a second, and then we'll move on. Give me a front six, and put it under the context of four two three one, two holding. Traditional ACM, traditional outside, one front man. Oof. Are we saying for next season? Yeah, and this is under the auspices that uh, Oshman is signing. And that, okay, let's play this game. Maybe my favorite player in football, Michael Elise, is also signing. Hmm. 4 4 2, right? No, four two three one. Call it a four one four one. Call it whatever you want, but the two mids, they're not getting forward. They're not getting forward at all. No, no, no. They're just like it's it's gonna be a traditional four two three one. Okay, right? traditional four two three one. Basic. Four, Which two, is three, what, basically what we've been playing with Enzo and Caicedo. That's literally who I was about to start with first. I obviously have Enzo and Caicedo in the two. Um, I think right now what we're seeing is they finally have a dynamic sort of connection together. I think they're starting to gel well together, which is I, I'm happy with. Um, and I'd like to give it a chance next season. Um, for the back, we definitely probably might 100% lose Silva, which it is what it is. Um, so it's, it's it's a big question mark who to put there. Um, but I'll start up front. Let's start up front. Up front yeah, front six. Yeah, front six. Front six. 100%, 100% up front. Uh, we, damn, this is hard, man. Because yeah. I I wouldn't know where to put Palmer. I wouldn't know whether to put him as a center forward or, it's hard, man. It's tough. These players can basically play almost anywhere. Yeah. It's, it's why Nkunku and Palmer are so important. Because they're malleable. They can go... If we're saying... 
if we're saying pure traditional like front. No, 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 no. I'm just put... talking about formation. I'm not talking about tactics. I'm just talking about formation. No, I'm just, I'm just saying. I, I w- in terms of the formation, I wouldn't know where to play them. Where to play them as a forward or strike or left or right. But I mean, I'd put in Kunku up front, obviously. Um, then directly behind him, I, I'd put Palmer. Um, I think he's just a great bridge between. But where's Oshman um, then? Where's Oshman then? That's the thing. Like, I, I wouldn't know. I would start Palmer because I've just seen what he can do and I can trust him in that position. But then at the same time, I've seen what Oshman can do, but I haven't seen him <laughs> doing it in an English setting. So it's hard. This is a tough question, actually. Oh, no. Oh, uh, I can answer it. I can answer it. Ah, you go ahead. <clears throat> well, it's really easy because I don't think we're signing the lease this summer. Um, I see. I'm going to push back and say I do, but go ahead. So uh, it's really easy for me. It's Osman, Nick Jackson, Cole Palmer, and Christopher Ngunku. And it doesn't matter where they are, the, the outside guys. It doesn't matter doesn't where matter. they are. By the way, it doesn't. It doesn't because all doesn't. four of them could play. All, and Osman and is known to actually – he can go wide when when needed. Yeah. Oh, so, he also dips in too. He dips yeah. in. Uh, so for me, it's, you know, other than Austin, because you really would want him to be the more hey, central focus. Break, breaking news, breaking news. I have to, I have to say yep. this. Simon Phillips, Jessica Frota, very good friend of mine. Simon Phillips, Michael Lise completely open to joining Chelsea. His brother plays at Chelsea. Blues put a lot of groundwork into this already. Other clubs keen, but no decisions even close for him and his reps. Chelsea is all in on Alise. Okay. Ah! So where do you play oh. oh, left, uh, right wing, right wing. And is that your starter? He's my favorite player. Of course, I'm going to fucking start him. Here's what I'm going to do. Okay, well. Here, here's what I'm going to do. Yeah, he is. So here's what I'm going to do. Because I can, foot, I can put all four players perfectly. Oshman striker, Cole Palmer attacking mid, right wing, Michael Lise, left wing, Christopher Nkunku. Come on now, baby. Give it to me, KJ. Don't tell me that doesn't slap. I mean, it slaps because black power, but... Um, oh, he's a Cole Palmer. Oh, brother, he's Cole Palmer's black. He don't even know that. Of course he is. What? Of course. Cole Palmer is of course. black. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> he, he he crazy, right. Hey, by the way, imagine my surprise, KJ. I had no. I thought he was white as shit. He's not. <laughs> he, he's uh, biracial, but really... That dude from his dad's from the West Indies for fuck's sake, right? Yeah. He's like uh, that is name? that is I mean, the brother's the blackest team in, in the Europe. I love it. I fucking love it. But yeah, hell yeah, bro. So we got Oshman, got Olise, best hair in football, Palmer, the worst hair in football, and you got a cuckoo. Like, like let's get it, dude. Let's get it. Palmer Palmer can have the worst hair he wants. He dribbles right, like Missy. Bro, and that's bro, that, that is a tough helmet though, man. That's a tough helmet. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so, it's so much. Hold on, it's two people have got great hair. Man, that dude, that dude, he's, he's shape up. I don't, but I don't know how much he can do with it though. I don't know how much. There's not a lot of room to work with there. Ugh. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> that's funny. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that. That that yeah. front. I mean, who says no to that realistically? That's yeah, but this this the thing is that this this is this could fucking happen. I think it is happening for real. 
Like these, these people say these owners don't spend money. This is insane. These people are buying everybody that everybody wants. Come on, man. I mean, I'm the type of person that waits until there's pen to paper, so I'm glad you're happy. I, I hear you. No, I, I look, I like to get excited because life is exciting. I understand that that ink better be dry, my man. That better be fucking dry. But this is cool because I've I wanted Michael Elysia to play for us uh, since he smoked us that one game against Palace. This must have been three years ago. We won the game, but but he gave us the business. I was like, damn, this guy's awesome. Yeah, but I mean, it, it remains to be seen. I'm just, yeah, I'm a fan of everyone, man. I'm, to be honest, I don't care who we start. I'm a fan of everyone. <laughs> I mean, too. Jared, what do you got, buddy? Yeah, I mean, I get. I guess if they do bring him in, you would. I, I would drop uh, Jackson. He would probably be the one you would drop to the bins. I, I, I ones I, I, I named, but uh, there'll be enough games to go around, I believe. Uh, I still think that we have a, a very good shot at top four <clears throat> because I don't believe in any of the teams above us, bar Liverpool and Man City. I think the rest of them are can 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 easily have a run of bad fixtures, and they're not far enough ahead of anybody to be secure if that happens. So I think the, the season is all to play for still. So. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say we're not gonna be in top four yet because it's very possible we could be. Hmm. Interesting times with this club. All right, so I want to talk about this last bit because it deals with injuries and it deals with the back line and it deals with what we're gonna do moving forward. Reese James, objectively. One of the most talented players in the world. He'll probably be back in March. You got Wes Fafana, one of my favorite defenders on this team. But but I saw him at Leicester. I know he's a good player. It's just Chelsea fans have been able to see him with all these injuries. Are we going to start making some tough decisions here? I mean, is Kukurea going to go? So I want to talk about departures. Is, is Broya and Gala Dickhead, are they out of here in January? Okay, is Chalaba out of here in January? Matson's already gone, oh. thankfully. Um, I mean, there there are four days left. <sighs> Comes pretty quickly, but we can make deals. I'm sure we've already started. We've laid the groundwork for these deals. So I'm going to ask you about departures. Go ahead, uh, KJ. Let's start with you, bud. I mean, Broya's got to go. And not because yeah. I don't rate him, because I hate the fact that we waste talent. And I wouldn't want to see him run away on the bench when clearly the club is actively looking for players in his position that will destroy his confidence. Um, he's definitely not a second-string striker. He's not a sub. He's a starter. And he needs a club that's going to develop him even more. So he's got to go, man. He's He's got to force his way out of the club. Um, Gallagher is definitely going. I'm so confident in that. Uh, yeah. He's got to go, man. Uh, if he does stay, then I don't know. We're screwed. Um, but that has to be football politics then. But then other than that, he's got to go. He there's, How can there be a place for him in this club, especially with the talent we're alleged to be bringing in? 
Um, Kukurea, I could see him staying, you know. I really could. I like uh, him, by the way. Yeah, I actually don't even mind him, man, uh, to be fair. Uh, I would like to see him stay. I do think he does add to the team, so I hope he does. Um, but who else? Man? Ah, the Chalabas definitely going to go. He, he hasn't touched grass since he was born. He's uh, cheeks. He's, he's cheeks, bro. He, he's he's definitely going, man. He needs to just take a note from his brother and just leave. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's probably all the business we're going to do outside of maybe any fringe players that we haven't been looking at. But then other than that, I think these are the biggest names Chelsea can get the most profit for. So yeah, they gotta go. It's time to go. Justice, what you got? What do you got, buddy? Yeah, I just think that uh, if we've seen some more links with maybe still Tottenham have a chance of, of getting Gallagher. I think he's either way, he's gone in the summer. I don't think he, he lasts the summer. Um, same, same with all the, those academy players we've been talking about. Chalaba, if he doesn't go now, he'll go in the summer. Brilliant, if he doesn't go now, he'll go in the summer. They're all going. They're going to be gone. Um, we have seen at least one link to maybe uh, the the right the left back that I would take. Mm. At maybe even over Chilwell at this point. <laughs> you, hey, Jared, before you say it, you're overcooking my grits, son. You are overcooking <laughs> my grits. I know what you're about to say, but I'm a fucking Chilwell guy, man. Oh, I, I love Chilwell, but I think I think uh, there's there are parts of th- this player's game that that I rate over Chilwell's. Yeah, I know. And that would be uh, Mr. Jedi himself, Anthony Robinson. Oh, oh! I did not see this coming. Oh! I thought you were gonna say Teo. Oh, no. Jared! Spoiler alert! Oh. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit! <laughs> And the villain reveals his face, and it is not who you expected. Yeah. Wow. You hit me with some of that Americana, some nationalism bullshit. Fuck you, Jerry. You got me there, bro. You got me. Hey, look, that he's fit all the time. He's, he's physical. He he can play a hell of a he can he plays a hell of a cross. Yeah, man. And he he's Are we known to score about the same. Anthony yeah, Anthony, from are we talk, are we, yeah. I'm yeah. sure, man. I thought you were talking about a maybe like a Belgian player that I wasn't aware of. No, man, Anthony Robinson, Americano. That's that's a wow. You seen him play? <laughs> yeah, I've seen him play, but that's a I've never ever heard him say. Yeah, let's bring it. I've never ever heard that. That's the first. Well, yeah, no, the uh, the links have been very recent, but now uh, Joey Wobbs, I think you guys know him. Joey Wobbs, a New York Knicks fan from Arizona. He um he was he was on this podcast a couple weeks ago. He's been a, he's been high on Robinson for a while. Um, and you know Jared and I talk about Robinson sometimes, but yeah, yeah, this is a player that he's tall. He's, he's pr- sort of atypical for the position, but. He's really good. Certainly one of the best players on the national team for America. Uh, really, really good player. And he's really, really tall, isn't he? Like six foot or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Because normally you don't you don't get 
really tall guys to play outside back. Jesus. Yeah. I think he's t- he might even be taller than six feet, man. Let me take a look. I mean, I'm not, I don't hate it. Yeah. He is I mean, six six feet. Damn. Look, I'm a bench old guy as well, man. I rate him. Sorry. Yeah, yeah I love no, him. No, I'm that. saying for backup, you got you got to have two left backs in this day and age, two right yeah. backs. Um, yeah. I'm not gonna say. Are we gonna then? Are we gonna say no? We gotta sell Gusto now just so you cover Reese James guys. No, I'm not gonna have that coverage because you never I'll, know. I'll be so real. I forgot about Gusto. <laughs> wow. Well, yeah, we're oh my. He's not. He's not going anywhere. He's awesome. Yeah. He's awesome, but I forgot about him. Flip it, Ick. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, no. He's a, he, he, oh, no. Jesters. You know what KJ just did? Hmm. He just succumbed to the blinders of the Wunderkind. <laughs> oh, no. He's a Gilchrist guy. Oh, no, KJ. <laughs> the Wunderkind got you. Oh, no, you jabroni. Bro. You fucking Bro. jabroni. <laughs> Oh, oh my days! I need to check my mirrors, man. Go Chris. Bro, you I'm need to check lie, yourself. Man. That was that was so anti KJ sentiment right there. You just completely betrayed your entire ethos. Bro. Oh, brother, Bro. brother. Hey, listen, listen. We can edit this podcast, right? We can edit it off. No, no, sir. I don't no, know. We don't know it, how. It, it, it's like it's like uh, a Friday night with no condom. Yo, we, <laughs> we're like HBO, but it, I can't, I can't edit anything. Jesus <laughs> so God. the worst of the worst, it's gotta stay. <laughs> Yo, hey, listen, I beg Gusto, man. Never mind. I don't know what I'll say. That's crazy. That's crazy. We got a Ruben hey, goal, bro. Ruben goal. I can't believe KJ just come to the Wunderkind. Wow. Wow. Nah, nah, I didn't, bro. Uh, it's, it's, it's recency is it fi- bias, is it, man. Is it fake news, bro? Fake news? It's re- recency bias, bro. I'm just immersed <laughs> at the fact that we're, we're actually playing well on the It's face. hilarious to me because you're such a smart guy that you would <laughs> succumb to this type of fan behavior. Oh, no, brother. Uh, you killed me. Yeah. Um, all Listen, right, all jokes aside, I think that we're in a good place. And uh, we'll end yeah, this. Yeah, we are. We'll, we'll end this on this. To fans that think, and and we'll we'll just call this my final notes. You can have your final notes as well. To fans that think that Connor Gallagher is a positive influence and presence on this team, I'm no longer going to fight with you. My opinion is that Connor Gallagher completely stifles this team. His touch is so bad that I'm surprised that his teammates still pass him the ball. Like, I think it's that bad. I'm done debating. I'm done arguing. I can't have conversations with you people because you people can't see it. And if you can't see it, then you're just simply blind. I can't have a conversation with you because I'll never be able to change your mind. But it just seems like the light has gone out of your irises and you... You're incapable of seeing what I'm seeing. And I look at this objectively. I don't care who starts for Chelsea. I care about the the health, 
the wellness and the growth of this club. If you're good enough, then you're good enough. I don't give a fuck what you look like. I don't give a fuck where you come from. All I care about is the now and the future of this club and how we can be functional and successful. Okay? This player does not help this team. This player is detrimental to this team. This player is a virus. He has to go. Because he hurts the team. If he helped the team, I would be pro Connor Gallagher. But he doesn't help the team. He hurts the team. This team does not want to play the type of football that he wants to play. Full stop. They want to play more intricate football. They want to play more precise football. They want patterns that are not disrupted by bad touches. They want skilled players around them. This is what these players want. This player just doesn't have it. He's not it. doesn't have it. Period. Um, so that's my final thought. What do you got, Jared? Yeah, I think as, as you see everybody come back, and when you get a fully fit team, if you look yesterday, we were kind of, the, the attack was didn't create as much because we didn't have a left back on the, on the pitch and a right back on the pitch, right? Wait until you get the full complement to see what this team, team is going to be. And then I just watched a little snippet of uh, Osaman at the uh, at AFCON, hold the ball up, play uh, another player in that led to a goal. So then you add that in the summertime, and I think that all of these uh, negative Nancys about this club and the direction of the club will finally have to eat some crow because we have we're going to be the most talented team and have the most talented squad in the Premier League next year. It's going to be from from 1 to 25, we will have the most talented squad. And this is a bad thing, is what we're being told. I don't know. I, I guess perception is reality, but some of y'all myopic bastards need to go, go, go get some glasses. That's all I got. Hey, uh, just as an aside, Joey Wobbs, who's going to join us next weekend. Nina's going to join us midweek. Joey Wobbs is going to join us next weekend. He just messaged me saying both of us are getting our guys. Speaking about Anthony Robinson and uh, Michael Elise. How apropos is that? I said, I just saw this. We are literally potting right now. I lost my shit. Come on next weekend. And he goes, okay, good. So I wanted to, you know, a little, little serendipity there, a little synergy. Kind of funny. Um, KJ, what do you got, buddy? I mean, it's no secret. I've said many a time that I've been a passive fan this season um, because I value my mental health. But I can admire the fact that the manager had a plan, the owners had a plan, and we're starting to see fruits from it. And as Jared said, next season, I do believe we'll be the most talented squad. I mean, on yeah. paper, as it stands right now, we're going to have the best squad. And uh, I had my doubts about a Wonder Kid unit, but you know what? When you get proven wrong, you get proven wrong. And 
my only hope is that this project actually starts bearing fruit next season, which I do think it will. So, I mean, it's it's good times. I love the fact that we're on good form at the moment. It isn't inconsistent. Um, yeah, there will be the occasional slip up, but that happens in football. But it's not in the way that we're used to seeing. Um, I think the squad is coming into their own. I think the players are liking the football they're playing. Or so at least I hope they are. And yeah, man, I think if you have any doubts about the manager, you can go suck yourself because Pochettino is the guy for the job. I still believe he's the guy for the job. And I think he's going to um, build a team that's going to hit us into the right direction. That is actually going to challenge for things at the moment. I guarantee you 100% if we beat Liverpool, which we will, mm. no one is going to hate on this guy until we lose the next game, obviously. But I mean, <clears throat> um, for me, okay, Lewis, okay, I'll, Lewis. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm calling it like it is. Our fan base is full of sport brats. Um, oh, they're, they're a bunch yeah. of dickheads. I'm <sighs> telling you, man. Um, but yeah, man, uh, I love Poch, man. I love, I love the vision. I love the team he's building, and I love that he's got more authority now to create the team that he wants. So yeah, man, uh, it's good times, man. Good times, good vibes. It's been a long time since I've said that as well. So yeah, I'm hopeful, man. Uh, I think we're we're in a good we're heading in a good direction. Yeah, I mean, as we close out, if if Gallagher leaves his team, there won't be a single player on this team that I dislike. The, every player that we have moving forward, if Gallagher is out. I rate and a player that I trust player that I want on this team. I don't think I've ever been able to say that. Like even when we were good, we had like Felipe Louise at times and Marcus Alonso, who was trash. Uh, we had Ashley <laughs> Quetta, who was garbage. Uh, you know, we had these guys uh, that just never agreed with the type of hey, football that I, that, back. that I, the, the football that I see in my mind, uh, it, it was just never, it was never batting a thousand. And if Gallagher leaves, and if Oshman comes, which I believe we've again, I believe we've already signed him. And if my favorite player currently in world football, Michael Lise, who I believe is also just about to sign for us, if this happens, then I'm going to use the phrase that the kids are using these days, and that is good vibes. Um, because I'm not mad good at this only. Team. I'm not mad at this team. Uh, I understand where this team is at. I understand where we came from. I understand what happened to this team over the last two and a half years. And I, I do sympathize on certain levels, even though they're rich millionaires. I, I do sympathize because I sympathize with athletes because what they do is really hard. Even if they play a kid's game, it's still hard because the people that are playing against are really good. And so I get it. But um, I'm just not going to be angry at this team because I understand what is going on. I know that the manager is doing his very best to improve this team, and he is improving this team, and we are going to go on a bit of a run. I'm a big fan of Pochettino currently. I wasn't when we signed him, but I have evolved in my opinion. And I am now on board with this guy and I believe in him. And I believe in the players that we're about to sign. And I believe in the players that we have. And I certainly believe in the current best player on this team, Cole Palmer, who is doing his absolute best. And I don't give a fuck if he missed a couple sitters, half the sitters that he missed, he created himself. His team is in the right direction. I'm pleased and we're going to win some stuff this year. All right. This has been the Luco Project Podcast. Carlito, KJ, Jared, thank you for tuning in, buddy. And yeah, yeah.